Good morning, church. Happy Sabbath. And by the way, I've missed you. I really have. Um, just trying to make a living gets in the way of more important things, quite honestly. And, of course, my little talk this morning is why church? What a fitting subject for someone who hasn't been here for the last three weeks. But the good news is, this coming month, I'm going to be here every week. That's amazing. <laughs> but I will not reread the Hebrews. The key words in that scripture was meeting together. And I want to start off by asking a question. Why are you all here this morning? What's your purpose? What are you trying to accomplish? And as I ask that, you know, I, I'm basically trying to get you to think a little bit because we're all creatures of habit. And that is one of the downsides of humanity, I believe. But we come here out of habit, or do we? Do we come here wondering what's going to be here? Do we come here with expectations? Now, why are we here? What's our purpose? And obviously, I'm certainly glad you're here. I'm certainly glad I'm here. Uh, but, you know, as I'm saying these things, uh, what my goal is is to try and get you to think, uh, basically, why are you here? What does we, as a church, need to accomplish What's the purpose for it all? Yeah, I want to challenge us not to be content with these routines. Granted, we have to have order. There's no question about that. And some of us innately can have good order. Some of us, like me, I have to work at it to keep order. Uh, part of that, I think, couple of you out there can relate to that being in a service business you you have a sense of uh, loose loss of order when you get out there in the field <laughs> who I'm speaking to knows but um, you know why do we do the things we do um, you know, are we coming to church because we was raised that way you come into church because that's what you've always done uh, coming to church because that's what you're supposed to do. You know, we live in America, a country founded on God and the Ten Commandments, regardless of what some of the liberals say. And I'm not getting political. Don't take me wrong here. <laughs> I don't mean to do that. This is not the place to do that, quite honestly. But you know, why are we doing this? Um, better still, you know, what's the purpose of the church itself? And when we consider, and as I talk about these things, we are the church. It's not a building. It's not a place. It's not a thing. But we are the church. Um, and when we think about that, what did God actually want when he developed the church? And there's some points I want to bring out here, you know. 
it's been said that a large number of people out there who go to church every Sunday, every Sabbath, have to include everybody here. Do you realize there's over 33,000 Christian denominations across this country, or actually across the world? There's over 300 major ones just in this country. And when you think about what is the church, and as I'm talking here, you know, we say, okay, why do we have so many? Isn't one of the purposes to praise God, give God glory? So why do we have the different ones? And that's the subject for another, sem- I mean, another sermon altogether by itself. So I'm not going to go there. But people go to this special building every week, once a week, to do what? To worship, yes. Yeah, somebody mouthed that. Yeah, to worship. And we're, we will explore that word a little bit here coming up. But the Bible talks about the bride of Christ. But maybe the church today, in some places, and I'm using the word maybe on purpose, um, maybe instead of a bride of Christ, a ragged Cinderella. When you talk, think about all the things that go on. Now, when I chose this subject matter, it grew in a direction I didn't really think it was going to go because I had another purpose for it. But um, I'm going to follow it through. Uh, but I'll bring up a couple things here. You know, it's uh, God designed the church for what? Well, for, we need to think about what are some of the non-negotiable essential elements that God designed the church for? And what are we committed to? So what is the essential element of the purpose God designed? Well, let's start with four basic questions. One, well, you think about one of the reasons why people will give that they want to come to church is to be saved. So then you have to ask the question, saved from what? Uh, And the answer is, well, part of that is, what is salvation? And again, what is the gospel? Those words are used in the Bible. And when you think about the answer is from God himself, it's what we need to be saved from. And we are saved, we're not saved from poor feelings about ourselves. We're not saved from a lack of fulfillment or success. What we need to be saved from is God. But we are saved from God by God, through God, for God. What does God really want? What did he start out wanting? Companion and communion with us as human beings. Yeah, we screwed that up. Excuse my terminology. Messed that up. Now, so what are we doing here now? To try and, well, let's put it this way. If you were given your choice on who to live with, do you want to live with a stranger that you've never talked to? Or would you rather live with a friend that you talk to all the time? And that's obvious because that's the way we're built. So when we ask ourselves, 
saved from what? Well, we're not really being saved from, but in a sense we are. But we are being saved so we can spend an eternity with hopefully who is our best friend. And to become a best friend, you have to know them, have spent time with them. So part of possibility of why we come to church is to spend time with him, with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And that's reinforced by fellow humans wanting the same thing and giving us reinforcement. Now, in Romans 5, Paul tells us we need to be saved from God's wrath by God's grace through God's Son for God's glory. So, number one, we know what we need to be saved from. But number two, what is the church? As I opened up here, good morning, church. Was I talking to the building? No. No. No, I do that enough when I travel. Being stuck in a hotel room at night, you look at the wall and say, hello, wall. I used to know you when you used to tree. Things like that. <laughs> You're the same way. <laughs> but the church is not a building. It's a body of believers. And it's not a business. It is the bride of Christ. Chosen by the Father. It's not a financial institution. It's a family. It's a flock. The analogies that Jesus uses often is of the animals, of the flocks, of the families. And that's important. It truly is important. It's not led by CEOs. It's led by shepherds. It's not built by corporate executives. It was actually built by Christ alone. In Matthew 16, verse 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. Upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. As we see, the church is built on Christ, our Lord and Savior, built from Christ and built by Christ. Now then the next question becomes, why should we love the church? And that's brought in because it aches me when I have to miss going to church. But at the same time, I rationalize, I use that word, that I have to make a living too and part of what my Bible teaches me is due diligence. Consequently, I find myself traveling traveling on the Sabbath, which I don't feel good about. And I'm not going to make excuses for it. But if you really love the church, love the family, well, that means you want to spend time with them. You want to be here. You want to learn. You want to grow. If we truly love Christ, shouldn't we want to be committed to what he's committed to? And early on, 
he committed himself to building the church. And for obvious reasons. You know, it, church is not a building, it's a body of believers. And if his major commitment until he returns is to be building his church, we should want to be used by him in his work. And that will never fail. So if we love Christ, how can we not love what he loves? Which is the church. He nourishes and cherishes the church. He loved and gave himself for the church. And what's really discerning is some people are so cynical about the church or critical of a church, sometimes because of past experiences, sometimes because someone in some church treated them poorly. Yeah. But we know that's not the attitude of Christ. Just like I lost a dear friend of mine. No, I guess it's been four months now. Time flies. But I asked him when he visited me, and he came to my house to tell me he was going to die. And he was one that, oh, my early 20s into my 30s, many a night we spent each, with each other inside of a piece of equipment uh, trying to get it fixed because that was our job, boiler work. And uh, I asked him a question. Did he go to church? And he hem-hawed a bit, and then what come out of the side of his mouth was, all he wants my money. And then I had to go into a conversation with him on that. Now, I did find out during the celebration of life, he did attend church. It was a non-denominational feel-good church. Uh, but his heart was at least there. Uh, but the reason I bring that up is because of that excuse he threw. And that's not the first time I've heard that over the years, especially in my younger years. Uh, that's an excuse. Now, you know, he knows the church is not perfect. I'm talking about Jesus. But that doesn't cause him to abandon us. You know, he commits himself to help the church and all us attend to be. I do remember at another Seventh-day Adventist church, Athens, a good friend of mine over there, he was an elder, he preached more than once. And he said and repeated many times, a church is a hospital for sinners, which means there's going to be mistakes made, there's going to be people with hurt feelings, there's going to be some hypocrites, but I love that Facebook thing, yeah. Church may be full of hypocrites, but so is Walmart. It doesn't keep you from going. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? <laughs> well, the church is not perfect, but neither are we. And thankfully, Christ doesn't share share the attitude that I just was repeating here a few minutes ago. Well, Christ wants us wants the church to be successful and to perform his purpose. 
Now, when we look back and think, what did the first church really look like? You know, we have, and if I would have brought one up here with me, I didn't, a Bible. And we have a lot of information, a lot of organization behind that information to be able to learn to learn how to pray, to learn how to give, and the list goes on of what we can learn. The first church didn't have that. When you think about it, we got a whole New Testament that they didn't have. Well, they had Paul standing in front of them sometimes. I guess that's as good as the New Testament, isn't it? But the truth is, you know, they were totally relied on God's Spirit. And they did have a response because there was manuscripts, scripts that were read from. And so they did have a response to that, to God's Word. But one of the major things they had was real fellowship amongst themselves to where they could actually say they loved one another. And regular worship works best when you're doing it with someone that you love. Yeah. They also had a really radical love for God's church because the church is organized at that point in time. Now, we we'll go back to the question, what is the purpose of a church? What is our purpose, our passion, our primary aim being the church? Well, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, God's purpose in all of this was to see the church, to use the church, excuse me, to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And I add, and possibly to the world, since part of our wants is for the church to grow. Now, since we are a Seventh-day Adventist, a Bible-based church, and when I was doing some research, of course, I ran across this wonderful little booklet. And there I have another one that says there's 27 basic beliefs of Seventh-day Adventists. There's 14 of them listed here. Number one... We believe the entire Bible is the Word of God. It was written by divinely inspired men who spoke and wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, virtually everybody in this room believes that. It's a truth. Yeah. Belief number eight. The church is comprised of all the people who believe and follow Jesus Christ as the Son of God. We join together in local congregations for worship, fellowship, instruction in the Word, and in celebration of the Lord's Supper. We have a mission. That mission is to serve humanity and proclaim the gospel, which gets back to what the gospel is. Now, Matthew chapter 28, 
verses 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded of you. Now, that's a proclamation the church is commanded to do. So that's part of the purpose of this church. Some of you are very good at it in your daily walks. Some of us struggle, which is normal. But as we have our church to give us reinforcement, we also learn. Now, by meeting at the same spot every week for worship and instruction, we become the family of God. You know, and that implies relationships. So within the church, there has to be relationships. And, well, <laughs> several weeks ago, actually several months ago now, I stood where I stand now and I talked about love. When we look at what a basic need for every human being God had put that into us because God is love. And that is a basic need of every human being. And love makes us happy. When you're in fellowship with someone you love, are you unhappy? No. No, you're extremely happy. And that's what God wants. He wants us to be happy. And when we think about salvation in a world without pain, a world where everyone's happy, it's a wonderful thing to look forward to. Yeah, just as I said in that little talk before, Christ teaches us, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the world itself is sinful. Yeah. As a church, we band together to return the love to God, give him glory, and to overcome the world. And we do this to be happy and to look forward to that eternal happiness. As I ask the question here, how does the church do this? Well, just as we do with our families. And some of you will use Facebook to paint a really nice picture. And it's good. It's, it's fun. It's happy. You, know, you spend time with your family. You have conversation with your family. Once in a while, a few disagreements with your family. The people who love each other can overcome those disagreements. You know, it's, some have been married for a long time here. And I know you had a few fights along the way. Because that's just what people do. So why are you still together? Because both of you wanted to make it work. To love one another. That key word. You know, it's an example here. You know, we study. We read our Bible daily. Not just on one day, but every day. And some of us use this media. It's like yesterday I was just, went ahead and rolled in a 21-day plan and 
why did I do that? Make sure I read part of the Bible every day. And absorb it. That's the other part of it. Wow. You know, it's, I use the analogy here. What happens if you don't, well, what happens if you don't attend church? And as I said, I miss you. And it ends up being a part of your life that's not complete. Now, and I, I use the analogy of that. Of what if your spouse doesn't come home for several weeks or several nights even? And uh, you don't have that interaction. Then you start questioning and all sorts of things pop up. And um, it doesn't last very long. That love will fade. The other major issue is we don't just worship the day of the week, but we must meet one day of the week to give us reinforcing. Uh, Those of you out here that travel, it's hard. Uh, especially because you're interacting with the world. And even though you're standing there, they know where you come from, they'll still use some of that language you don't like bouncing off your ears. As just as Charles has pointed out several times about our local radio station. Yeah. 62 on Cirrus Radio is nothing but music. But it's good music. And... When I can't get it, because the rent car I have doesn't have Cirrus in it, I'll Google Caleb and see what local station they're on. I love them too. But what was the purpose of all that? To keep my mind off the world. To keep praise. And that's what we need to do in our communication with God. Make it a daily conversation. And... It will make things so much easier. Church is not a place to go, but it is a living body where God wants you to become a part for for your good and his glory. Realize that worshiping come as a response to our humble gratitude for his love for us. You know, just we don't have to question his love for us. He's already proved it. He didn't pass us a little note in grade school saying, I love you. you no, know, he became human and died for us. Yeah. Meeting regularly is a source of encouragement and strength. Now, Years ago, I had a friend. (sighs) Sorry about this, getting emotional. I think I'll skip that story. As God has asked us, and let us not neglect our meeting together, This is in Paul's letter to the Hebrews that we've already read. Now, I do want to finish this with one little story. When I was doing research, ran across. It was about a man that um, quit going to church. Didn't say the reason why, but he just quit attending. 
and being a proactive pastor at the church he was attending, pastor come knocking on his door one cold evening, and the man answered the door, not really wanting to because he knew what was going to be coming. He let him in. Now, the man had a big fireplace and a roaring fire going in it. And the preacher come over and sat down next to him. Didn't say a word. Just sat there in silence. Pretty soon, the preacher took tongs, reached over and picked up a little small ember that was still burning pretty good. And he set it outside the hearth. And, of course, what did it do? It died. It went out. Then he took that same ember, put it back into the fire, and what happened to it then? It lit, lit right up. So the point being, of course, <laughs> the man says after the preacher left, for a while the preacher was leaving, that was a fiery sermon you just gave me, Lord, or sir. <laughs> I will be at church Sunday. But anyway, I'll finish that. It's noon, and I know some of you are hungry. <laughs> so we'll bow our heads. Again, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the blessings you give us. Help us become more like you. Help us become friends. Help us do what we should do as our daily walk. And again, thank you, and I praise you and give you glory for all that you've done and all that you will be doing. And I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.